Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, so we are starting a new conversation today. Uh, over the last couple months, we talked about prayer and kind of how to reframe our, our prayer life. And then we just spent the last three weeks uh, talking uh, about the Holy Spirit and, and kind of learning and unlearning about the power and inclusive nature of the Holy Spirit. And uh, what I've really missed through these last uh, few months together is walking through one book of the Bible uh, for a few weeks in a row. Uh, it's, it's my kind of preference uh, to be in one place for a little while and kind of dig in together. It kind of helps center me. Um, I don't feel nearly as much like I just have to come up with an idea for the week. I get The idea is given to me right here. And so uh, for the next few weeks, Andre and I are going to be walking chapter by chapter through the book of Ephesians. And I am really excited and would encourage you to maybe read the book of Ephesians. It's not very long. You can do it. Uh, it's, uh, it's six chapters, so you could read it. Uh, between Monday and the next Sunday every week for the next few weeks. That would be a great uh, practice. But we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians is a New Testament book. It's written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the church in Ephesus. And uh, Ephesus was a huge city and uh, was kind of the center of worship for Roman and, uh, and Greek gods. So this was not a primarily Jewish context. These weren't, uh, this wasn't a community uh, of new Christians that used to be uh, Jews. This was a community of a, a very diverse group of people who have worshipped a, a very diverse group of gods and are now seeking uh, to follow Jesus. And Paul had, uh, for about two years, had a, a big presence in the city of Ephesus and then was later imprisoned by uh, the Romans. And then after getting out of prison, he writes this letter back to his friends in Ephesus. So uh, Paul is very connected to this group of people and feels very connected to the work that's happening here. And then it, the book of Ephesians, uh, it is split into two really clear halves. So the first half of the book is about what the story of the gospel of Jesus is. What is the good news? And then in the second half of the book, Paul gives some teaching on why it should matter, how it should matter for our life. So what is it that happened? Who is Jesus? It's kind of the what of the good news. And then in the second half, it's why it should matter. And if, you're, if you do happen to read through Ephesians this week, you'll feel the turn in that book with the word, therefore. So here's what it is. Therefore, here's how it should matter for your life. So today we're going to be in, in Ephesians chapter 1. And um, Ephesians chapter 1 gives us this really beautiful and profound uh, Jewish poem. And uh, in the middle of the poem, Paul gives kind of an executive summary for the first half of the book. It's a, it's a summary of the good news of Jesus. So we're going to read uh, this whole poem together and then kind of focus in on one section. So this is Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 10. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ 
to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So this poem is beautiful, and like a lot of the translations from the Apostle Paul, it's kind of wordy, and we know that it sounds important and sacred, but sometimes we read these passages, and uh, though we know it sounds sacred, we're not really sure what it means. But the whole poem is beautiful, and Paul says, Praise to God, who in love chose all of us to be adopted into the family of God. Yes, that is good. We like that. And we have redemption and forgiveness because of the grace that God lavishes on all of us. Yes, that is good. We like that. And then in, at the end of verse 8, it starts to get really interesting. This is when we should start leaning in just a little bit. Paul says at the end of verse 8, With all wisdom and understanding, God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into the effect when times reach their fulfillment. He's trying, Paul's using a lot of words here. He's trying to build some anticipation. So the beginning of, of verse 9 says, God made known to us the mystery of his will. God told us his plan for the world. That should make us lean in a little bit. God, the creator of the universe, has a plan for our world. Dot, 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 dot. All right, Paul, what is it? And then he just keeps talking and doesn't give the plan. He's trying to build a little bit of anticipation. God made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect. And finally, in verse 10, when all the anticipation built, at the end of this sentence, here's God's big plan for the world, verse 10, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That is the mystery, which it is a mystery, and I appreciate Paul using that word because it is complicated and hard to grasp. That is the mystery of God's plan for the universe. It is God's plan for your life. It is God's plan for your day to bring unity to all things under in heaven and on earth under Christ. It's God's entire plan. And the word uh, unity here, that all things would be unified in heaven and on earth, under Christ. This word, um, it's more than just people being polite to each other or people from different contexts finally working together. It's not that kind of unity. This kind of unity is about all things um, working together uh, for their intended purpose. The, 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 the uh, literal translation might be that, that all things found their intended purpose. A phrase I love to use uh, when these kind of words are in the scriptures is that all things find their home that they're where they're supposed to be, that they're in their intended place. There is oneness and reconciliation and wholeness and synergy. It, it is total unity. Right? It's, it's not just politeness or acceptance. Um, it, it's not just coexisting of all things coexisting. It's that everything has found its home and is working as it should be. All things are right and whole and good. Yes, I like that plan. It is a good plan that all things would be in their rightful place, meeting their intended purpose. It's your plan for today. I'm telling you, at least start your day going, what is my intended purpose today? How can I find my home? The entire universe, all things in heaven and on earth, nothing and no one left out, wholeness and restoration. I like that plan. Uh, last Halloween, uh, Katie and Ellis and I had just moved into a new apartment complex, 
and the people of the complex who we didn't really know, we had moved in recently during COVID and uh, you know, hard to get to know people. Uh, they hosted trick-or-treating just for Ellis. Uh, it was amazing. They put pumpkins out in front of the doors that, were, uh, that had stuff for him, and we walked around in a little crab costume, and he got candy. It was really amazing. Uh, and then after the trick-or-treating, they hosted a pretty elaborate Halloween party uh, with like a bartender and everything so that people could get to know each other. And uh, it was really great. We ended up meeting a lot of people and it was really fun. And uh, about halfway through the night, I ended up in a pretty intense conversation as I sometimes do. People ask me what I do and then I have to tell them. And sometimes uh, it gets really heavy, really fast. And I got in this pretty intense, heavy conversation uh, with a, a new friend and she was telling us about how she had lost her mom recently and about how her family was dealing with it. And uh, it was intense and it was really heavy. But the whole time we were having that conversation, that really intense, really heavy conversation, some tears were happening. That entire time, uh, this sweet new friend was wearing an inflatable sumo costume and had a painted on just a pencil thin mustache. So she's crying and sharing and opening up. And every couple minutes, I would zoom out and like re-see the sumo costume as if for the first time. And uh, what I realized while I was sitting there was that what I was seeing didn't match up with what she was saying. And it was really hard to be all there, right? It was just totally incongruent because it didn't match up and it was like, a little bit hilarious. But what she was saying didn't match what I was seeing. And that kind of feels like the story of our world, that so much is being said, especially right now when everyone has a platform. Uh, everyone is saying something, but to be honest, it's not exactly what we're seeing. And our world is out of balance. It's incongruent. There is not a lot of unity. Not everything has found its intended purpose. It feels like the story of our world and our churches and our lives that what is said doesn't have unity with what is seen. We hear churches say that all are welcome. That's what they say. And then what we see is neglect and abuse to our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters and our, uh, and our definitely to our friends of color, especially women of color. What we see doesn't match what is said. We hear our politicians say that they're fighting for justice. That's what they say, but what we see is the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer in a criminal justice system that isn't working. We hear ourselves say that we really care about these issues, that we're all in on them. That's what we say. And then what we see is ourselves settling for another Instagram story about it, as if we're making an impact. What we see doesn't match what is said. Our world is incongruent. There isn't unity or oneness or synergy. Things haven't found their home. But God's plan is wholeness, oneness, unity, synergy for all things, that all things would work together as they were intended to. All things. And just to be totally clear, and I've said it before, but just to be totally clear, that unity and restoration applies to all people. Like really, we've said it before, but all means all, no matter 
race or age or socioeconomic class or sexual orientation or gender, all people are included in the full restoration and unity in Christ. All means all, but it also means all relationships and all systems and all structure and all of creation. All means all, all things like you and me and all things in our world, all things in heaven and on earth unified under Christ. And Christ is not Jesus' last name. We sometimes speak it like Christ is a surname, Jesus Christ, but Christ is a title. Jesus is the Christ. It, it, it means that Jesus is the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one of God. Jesus is the Christ, and Christ is the engine, the force, the power, the glue of our unity and oneness, our synergy and wholeness. In Colossians 1.17, Paul writes that Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ holds together this unity that we're seeking. Right? Paul uh, lays out God's mysterious plan to us, and he says the what of the plan is that we would have unity, wholeness, oneness. That's the what. And the how of that plan is that we would do it in Christ, under Christ. A lot of translations say in Christ. So what is God's plan? That we would be unified. How do we accomplish that plan? By being in Christ. Right? Our, our unity and oneness means being in Christ. It's an, an, I want to be clear here that being in Christ is an invitation to see the world in a new and different way. Sometimes we think of, Paul uses this word in Christ, that phrase in Christ, over dozens of times in his writings. And sometimes we think of, of being in Christ as about following religious rules and believing the right things. Following religious rules and believing the right things. But when, when they're trying to figure out who Jesus is in John chapter 8, there's a little bit of debate about who Jesus is. And this is what Jesus says about himself. He says in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Jesus doesn't say he's a new theology or a new ideology. Jesus says he is the way in which we should see everything. Jesus is how we see the world. He is light. So being in Christ is not about adhering to a set of beliefs or an ideology or a prescribed behavioral model. It's not anything that should be memorized and regurgitated. Being in Christ, being under Christ, is about seeing the world by the light of Christ. The light of Christ enlightens all, illuminates all things, that when we look out in the world, the way that we see it is through and by and in the light of Christ. All things in heaven and on earth through the light of Christ. Richard Rohr says that the mature Christian sees Christ in everything. And this is how we experience that oneness and unity. We wake up to the reality that the light of Christ enlightens all. We have a new way of seeing the world. Christ is the light of the world. Not religious rules, not a system to believe in. Christ is the way in which we see everything. So this is God's beautiful and mysterious plan for you and for me and for our world that all things would find their home in Christ that all things would be seen by the light of Christ. So for you, in, in your life, 
What needs unity and wholeness? What feels out of balance? What feels as if it is not meeting its intended purpose? It's not in its intended place. Maybe there's some things that you say that don't match up with what you see. For you, what needs that unity? And are you willing, are you willing to see your whole life, our whole world, all your relationships through the light of Christ? You know, it requires a certain amount of compassion to see the world through the light of Christ. It's, it's not the light of, of competition or capitalism. It's not the light of consumerism. It takes a certain level of compassion to see one another in the light of Christ. It takes a certain level of compassion to see ourselves in and through the light of Christ. Are you willing? Are you willing to see your world, your life, through the light of Christ. This is the invitation that Paul gives us, that we are invited to find wholeness, unity, oneness, as we see Christ in everything, everything, everything. So let's say, uh, hypothetically, right now, uh, I played you a recording of a dump truck backing up. Let's call it a siren, because there's probably going to be a siren, like right now. Let's call it a siren. Let's say I, I played a recording of a siren, uh, a child crying, and some wind chimes being blown in the breeze. Would you consider those sounds music? Would that be music if I played it all? Sirens, kid crying, wind chimes. Probably not. You would probably call that noise, not music. So what is the difference between music and noise? They're both vibrations in the air that are eventually reach your inner ear. The difference between music and noise is that music is sound that has found its rightful place, its intended home. Music is ordered sound. It's sound that's on beat and in rhythm, and noise becomes music when it finds its rightful place. And gather our universe is off beat, off tempo, out of rhythm. Our world is noise. Things are not in their intended place. But today, Paul is inviting us to set our world, to set our lives to the rhythm of Christ. Christ turns our noise to music. He puts things in their intended place. Christ gives form and order to our chaotic world and our sometimes chaotic lives. And the light of Christ enlightens all. And so gather, this is my prayer for you today. Be honest about the parts of your life that aren't lining up. Zoom out and see our world for what it is. And then set it all to the rhythm of Christ. Believe that Christ is truly the light of the world and see everything through that gracious and loving light. Trust that your chaos 
can be turned to beauty and that all things will be unified. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.